0: Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg promised harsh numbers. Today, he delivered them. We've got full analysis of what it means to you. Thanks for joining us, and there's no way to sugarcoat what's coming to you today, Uh, you've probably already seen some of the headlines out of the Treasurer uh, and his budget update today, uh, which really shows that Australia will have its worst budget position since the end of the Second World War. Uh, It really means Australia is in unprecedented times. In many ways, uh, the debt uh, is really quite significant. Um, The Treasurer had said for some days that these were harsh numbers, Um, I think if you've been listening to this podcast for quite some time, you would not be surprised. Uh, The reason for it it is quite clear that when you have a large number of your population unemployed or not earning income, therefore not paying tax, and at the same time, significant welfare checks, uh, record amounts of welfare being handed out to citizens, uh, it's a situation where there's no money coming into the government coffers and there's much money flowing out. And that's the reason why the debts are going to mount. Um, It is eye-watering, and by no means is this over. Uh, And part of the reason for that is the ongoing pandemic in Victoria, uh, where the outbreaks are not under control, another 406 cases of coronavirus today. One of the problems there, of course, is so many of those cases now in the healthcare uh, workers industry themselves. So that's a terrible, terrible situation. Anyway, what we're going to do is take you through some of the numbers that Josh Frydenberg delivered today. We're going to um, intersperse that with some of the um, some of the commentary today by Chris Richardson from Deloitte Access Economics, who I consider to be one of the very best economic thinkers in Australia, and certainly somebody that the government does listen to uh, and talk to on a frequent basis. Anyway, let's just start with... With the
1: Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg today, delivering these numbers. As a consequence of lower receipts and higher payments, the deficit is estimated to be $85.8 billion or 4.3% of GDP in 2019-2020 and $184.5 billion or 9.7% of GDP in 2020-21. So the problem is, of course, that if the
0: government is losing money, that's what the deficits are. Effectively, the losses of the government on an ongoing basis. And, you know, as he says himself, uh, in this next financial year, the one we're currently in, uh, the government is forecasting $184.5 billion. That's the loss, the amount of money that will be lost by the government. Um, there are plenty of economic thinkers, and I did note Shane Oliver from AMP Capital today saying that they don't believe $184 billion is the end of it. It could get out to $220 billion. I think this is one of the reasons why the federal government is looking very closely at what's taking place in Victoria, because they recognise that if that deteriorates, there is going to be a further deterioration in the uh, federal budget as well. Anyway, let's now pick up the Treasurer talking about the fact that those deficits end up adding more debt to Australia, and he'll tell you what that
1: debt number is. These deficits reveal the real cost to the budget of protecting lives and livelihoods as a result of the coronavirus. The pandemic has also led to a sharp increase in Australia's government debt. Gross debt was $684.3 billion or 34.4% of GDP at the 30th of June 2020 and is expected to be $851.9 billion or 45% of GDP at the 30th of June 2021. So
0: to imagine Australia's debt rising very rapidly from $684 billion, 38% of GDP to $851 billion, that's 45% of GDP, Now, to be honest, in global terms, the federal government does not have a lot of debt compared with other countries, but that's not the real problem. The real problem is that our corporate sector and our state governments also have debt. And so as time goes on and we need more money from international markets, now the world is flooded with bonds at the moment, the real problem is whether at some stage in the future we have a lending crisis. If not necessarily for our federal government, then maybe for banks or business or others that need to borrow that money overseas, that's the classic credit squeeze, if you like, because we are reliant to a certain extent on money coming in from overseas Now, at the moment, yep, sure, we've got plenty of savings here in Australia, but that is one of the fundamental problems as you start to rack up more federal government debt. Anyway, the debt, however, is necessary at this stage, as you'll hear Chris Richardson from Deloitte Access Economics explain.
2: I would treat this debt the same way we treated the debt of uh, World War II. And this might be a different type of war, but it is a war. Uh, And I think it would be silly for Australia to race to try to repay the debt. That would uh, hurt the economy, which would only hurt the budget, which would mean that repaying the debt would become harder still. There is a smart thing uh, to do now. And it's to get the economy um, back uh, in shape. It's to get those million uh, jobs that we've lost back again. If you get the economy right, you get the budget right.
0: So there's Chris Richardson just explaining why that debt is necessary, because you know ultimately the government's stuck. What else do they do? Um, and the other side of this is also quite clearly, you've got a situation that it's all about what happens with people's jobs. Because if people don't have jobs, they're collecting from the government and not putting into the taxpayer base. Remembering that the PAYE taxpayer contributes, traditionally, a half of all the government revenues. Many people have always said that that's way too high a proportion, that the personal taxes should be lower and there should be more in consumption taxes or in business taxes. But the other side of this is that there's not much coming back in the way of business receipts either at the moment. So let's again go back to Josh Frydenberg talking about the impact of the labour markets and the prospect
1: that the unemployment rate will rise even further. One of the largest impacts of this crisis is its effect on the labour market. Between March and May 870,000 jobs were lost and more than 1 million Australians saw their working hours reduced in many cases to zero. And at 7.4 per cent in June the official unemployment rate is expected to peak at around 9.25 per cent in the December quarter This year.
0: But there is one odd thing about all of this. Unemployment is rising, the confidence has been down, and yet, as Chris Richardson points out, most families are right now spending more money.
2: Two interesting stories in the government uh, numbers today. One is that Australian families are spending more than Treasury and the Reserve Bank had been expecting earlier on in this crisis. We are sufficiently confident uh, to be out there and spending. That's great news for the economy, but the weak point uh, in today's numbers is those business investment figures. So, from here, how bad could it get?
0: Well, let's again go to Chris Richardson.
2: The true fight uh, is going to be around the virus. This is the worst possible week to have to update the Australian public on on, um, the economy and uh, the budget, because that depends on the virus. And that's a battle still very much up in the air.
0: And let's leave the last word on all of this situation with Josh Frydenberg himself. He did promise harsh numbers and now he's delivered them. So what happens
1: from here? Here's the Treasurer. These harsh numbers reflect the harsh reality we face. The economic outlook remains very uncertain. Recent events in Victoria are testament to this. A painful reminder how a setback in combating the virus can impact the speed and the trajectory of our national economic recovery.
0: Now, in response to those numbers coming out today, oddly, the stock market rose initially. Now, I'm not 100% certain why it rose. But as I've told you previously, the stock market is cheering each time the government puts in more money. What the stock market's really not taking into account, and to a certain extent, we're going to have this exposed over the next few weeks as the large companies start to report their profits or lack of profits, as the case might be, But to a certain extent, it's cheering on the government pouring in more borrowed money without really having that long-term view as to where that money's coming from. And of course, it's coming from future taxpayers. It's coming from your children and grandchildren, who now as a result of coronavirus cannot be guaranteed to have an improved lifestyle or indeed improved job prospects as you might have expected during your lifetime. It could compromise Health outcomes in Australia because the budget could be squeezed in the future. So the real situation right now is you've got to recover as quickly as you possibly can, which is the reason why the government's putting the debt in. But the real issue is that the economy at some stage has got to grow. One aspect of this that I believe is that now is a time for a very important national conversation about what Australia wants to be, where we're going to not just for the next election cycle, the next three or four years, but looking out, 24, 25, 26, 30 years, whatever it might be, and saying, look, we believe Australia can, let's say, for example, help to feed the world and certainly our region. Now is the time, as I've indicated earlier, that we start rolling out infrastructure projects. Who knows what those might be? Ambitious projects. Maybe we try and drought-proof much of the country. So as a result, we can be really the genuine food producers. And maybe what we do is instead of allowing others from overseas to own all of those assets, if they want to come in and help develop them to help produce the food, then maybe they lease those assets and they don't own the assets. Maybe Australia needs to look after its own national interests to make certain that we have a vision for what we want to become in the future. The reason for this is because we right now have a once in a generation opportunity to make some significant changes to the way this nation operates. What we need is to have strong government that is emboldened to make brave decisions and also to create employment. Because as I've indicated before on this podcast and will many times into the future, the worst case outcome from the coronavirus and the economic consequences is that we have nothing to show for it at the end. For the hundreds of billions of dollars of debt that we're going into, that we have simply tried to prop ourselves up as distinct from build something that would have created labour, used our skills and ultimately left a legacy for our future Australians. Otherwise, their standard of living cannot be guaranteed to be that that we've enjoyed and that we expect our children to have into the future. And this is a reason why right now we have got to look to our policymakers and to our politicians to think beyond the election cycle, to build the Australia that we want to become. And in my mind, this is the way we come out of the coronavirus best. This is the way we create the jobs. And this is the way that we create a future that these billions of dollars right now being borrowed to prop up Australia can be repaid. Send me your notes. I'd really appreciate your time, your comments, any of that sort of thing about the podcast, uh, and certainly your views about the way in which Australia gets itself out of this economic hole.
2: I'm Ross Greenwood, and these
0: are the Money Minutes.